Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to this week's Self Love Podcast. A question I'd love to answer for you in this week's quickie is all around essential oil safety. And for those of you that are incredible and wonderful enthusiasts around the subject of aromatherapy, I know that you'll appreciate that when you Google anything to do with essential oils, it can be quite confusing and conflicting. So today I wanted to take an opportunity just to quickly let you know that my experience as an aromatherapist of nearly three decades is something that I would love to share with you around my beliefs around the health wellness and safety of using essential oils in your daily life. Now, for many of us, we know that essential oils can be a wonderful addition to your health and well-being program. They are derived from natural substances such as trees, fruits, roots, and flowers. However, just because they're derived from nature, I'm sure you can appreciate it doesn't mean that they're always safe to use. Natural does not always equate to safe. After all, water is safe, but in excess amounts, as we know, it can be dangerous. Arsenic is natural. Poison ivy is natural. I'm sure you get the gist. There are some general safety guidelines in which we can adhere to for the safety for our family, friends, animals, and ourselves. And I just want to share with you a couple of these very briefly, knowing that the more simple we keep it, often the more easy it is to understand. So, of course, one of the areas that we have to consider for essential oil safety is the method of application. They may be applied to the skin, diffused, inhaled, or taken internally. Each of these methods have safety issues which need to be considered. You may be aware that inhalation is generally considered to be the safest of all methods of use, and ingestion is considered the most risky. However, all methods are valid, and each method needs to be taken into account for the individual, what you're wanting to treat, the need, the quality of the oils, and the method of application. Sometimes the simplest way to use oils is often the best. I know for me, a drop or two of of an oil on a tissue for inhaling can be great for something like nasal congestion or a headache. And this approach can also be great for feelings of anxiousness, stress, or concern. So sometimes inhalation could be the most easiest and effective of all methods of use. So don't ever forget that powerful simple way that you can embrace their amazing qualities. But let's have a look at some of the other applications. Dilution is really important. The neat application of essential oils to the skin is best avoided as it can cause a number of potential concerns. Considering essential oils are up to 100 times more concentrated than the plant or the source they came from, You can appreciate that the chemical constituents that make up that beautiful oil can also have very bioactive constituents that do in fact affect the skin or can affect you depending on your own level of health or age or skin type. So applying essential oils neat means that you're placing the oils directly onto the skin without dilution or you're using them at full strength. This has been seen as acceptable in the past However, it is now known that this can cause irritations, sensitizations, and other skin issues. In acute situations, it might be best option to use a known safe oil neat. Something like lavender has always been considered the safest to use. 
However, this practice is becoming more and more ill-advised. A drop of lavender oil on a bee sting could be okay. However, if you have been exposed to bee stings continuously, then this option may not be safe. You would need to come up with a safer and more effective option. So how do we dilute essential oils? Well, we dilute them into fixed or carrier oils. Carrier oils are things like, it could be fractionated coconut oil, MCT oil, sweet almond, jojoba, avocado, macadamia, just to name a few. And in aromatherapy, what is considered a great therapeutic prescriptive dilution is around 2.5%. And this is considered safe for all and many applications. To work out how many drops of essential oils you need to add to your preferred carrier oil, first you need to know the amount of your carrier oil. I always say a simple rule of thumb is the two to one ratio. So whatever the number of mils are, you can halve that to know the number of drops. For example, if you had 10 mils of carrier oil, you would know you could halve it and add five drops in total of your essential oils, and that would be considered a pretty safe and close 2.5% dilution. 10 mils equals about five drops for this, and 20 mils would mean 10 drops. 100 mils would be 50 drops. So, of course, if you have an uneven number of mils, like let's say we went for a teaspoon of carry oil, five mils, it's very difficult to get half a drop out of the bottle. So I would tend to say stay on the ear of caution and go for two drops if it's an uneven number of mils. But the best thing is to note that just keep that in mind, the two to one ratio, whatever the number of mils are, halve it for the number of drops. You'll see there's many charts that you can Google and download And if you go to 28.com, that's the word 20 and the number 8.com, you can download our quick reference blending guide so that you know the number of drops required for a child, baby, elderly, pregnancy, and a healthy adult. And I sincerely hope that that helps. I know if you Google Robert Tizerand, you'll see some of his charts are available for free to download on the internet as well. In general, you'll find that most essential oil companies will be diluting their blends between 1% to 5% dilution. At these rates, they generally won't pose a safety risk. And we can increase the dilution if we do. It means the more essential oils, the less carrier oil, the risk is obviously increased. I know for Robert Tizeran, for example, someone who's considered an, an absolute expert in the field of essential oil safety, He believes that for facial applications, between 0.2 to 1.5 dilution for the face is considered safe. For general massages, between 1.5 to 3% dilution. For bathing and body products, anywhere between 1% to 4% dilution is considered safe. And for specific concerns with a qualified therapist, you may find some of them will increase the dilution from between 4% to 10%. For pain and wound management, you can increase the dilution between 5 and 20%. But you have to please note that these recommendations do not take into account dermal limits for specific oils. Some essential oils are known skin irritants and therefore would require much, much lower dilutions if you're going to use them at all. And for babies and children and the elderly, a a low dilution is always the best and safest approach. It is generally recommended to use anywhere between 0.5 to 2.5 dilution for this category. Another thing to consider when it comes to safety is the storage and shelf life. 
Generally speaking, a lot of companies will have a two-year shelf life for their essential oils. However, I'm sure many of you will appreciate that oils like sandalwood and frankincense can get better with age. Just make sure you keep your oils in a safe place. Make sure that all bottles, lids are tightly closed and stored in a cool area away from direct sunlight. We can be assured that light and oxygen are not your best friends for your oils. They can degrade your oils more quickly. And if your oils degrade, also known as oxidization, it can make them more irritating and less effective. Essential oils are considered to have a shelf life, and particularly around the citrus oils such as lemon, lime and orange, they're more susceptible to degradation than root oils like vetiver and patchouli. Phototoxicity is another area of safety we must speak about. Some essential oils are phototoxic. This means that they can cause irritation, inflammation and redness when exposed to sunlight. In general, the citrus oils are most likely to be the ones that will cause a phototoxic reaction just due to their chemical makeup. However, not all oils are photosensitive or phototoxic. But if you want to take a note of these four oils, these are the most common oils that are more photosensitive than others. Bergamot, citrus bergamia, cold-pressed lemon, citrus limon, cold-pressed grapefruit, citrus paradisi, and cold-pressed lime, citrus orantifolia. These are, however, non Sorry, there are, however, non-photosensitive oils available in those oils, but it's important that you look for them from a safety perspective and make sure you check with the company that you, that you purchase them from as to which oils are. But as a general rule of thumb, consider all citrus oils phototoxic if you want to be careful. So our general safety notes are pretty simple. Do not place essential oils directly into the eyes, ears, nose and genitalia area. Keep all essential oils out of reach of children and pets. Avoid prolonged use of the same essential oil or essential oil blend for long periods of time. Our bodies get used to them and it's always good to mix them up. Less is always more. And sometimes if you ever get concerned, always remember that less is best. If you have chemical sensitivities, known allergies or are generally sensitive, it would also be wise to perform a skin patch test just sometimes on the inside of your arm or wrist and give it at least six to 12 hours to see if you have a reaction. And if there is an instant reaction, remove the oil with a cold-pressed carrier oil and a warm cloth. Essential oils are also highly inflammable and they should be kept away from direct contact with flames such as candles and, of course, being close to really hot, high electrical substances. So be mindful. But you know what? Essential oils are also considered the most beautiful additive that you can use with your healthcare and wellness. And as you will know, with my passion for essential oils, I truly believe in the daily use of them for a number of different things and particularly around mindset, feeling great, body care, skin care and health care. I think there is such a plethora of amazing oils that you can choose to support your health and well-being. Just know, if you have any doubts, questions or concerns, then please consult with your primary healthcare practitioner or preferably a qualified herbalist or professional aromatherapist. And you can always find a professional aromatherapist in your area by going to www.iaama, that's 
aama.org.au or you can go to the Australian Natural Therapists Association.com.au. That's www.australiannaturaltherapistsassociation.com.au. And if you want a beautiful book on the safety of essential oils, then I would absolutely recommend Robert Tisserin's Essential Oil Safety Guidelines. So there you have it, guys. This week's quickie is just a really important one, a short one, a quickie indeed, but certainly something that I keep getting asked lots and lots of questions I've had people ring me and say that they'd like to speak to the manager of 28. And when I speak to them, I had, and I'll give you an example, one lady rang in particular asking if our lavender oil was safe or that she, and that she had read that it was estrogenic and it caused young boys to get breasts, etc. I asked her where she got the information and, of course, it was on Dr. Google. Now, she wanted to know because she was nearly three months pregnant as to whether or not she could use an oil like lavender. And when I asked her, because she was incredibly concerned, um, does she fill up her car with petrol? And she said, of course I do. And I said, do you ever smell the fumes as you're filling up your car with petrol? And she sort of went, oh, my gosh, yes. And then she said to me, oh, my gosh, I was cleaning my bathroom with bleach the other day, wondering if I should actually be inhaling this while I'm in the first trimester of my pregnancy. And then I think about things like plugins, those chemically laden plug-in things that people put into their walls or those of airs that comes out in bathrooms, wondering the number of chemicals and estrogenic, uh, you know, ingredients in there that affect our hormone system. Um, They're considered endocrine disruptors. They can have an effect with allergies. They can affect our mood. They may not be great for our system. So it's really important to note that even though I said at the beginning essential oils are natural, there are so many things that people use in and around their homes on a daily basis that are way more toxic and have way more long-term Uh, concerns and problems and effects than maybe a couple of drops of lavender in a diffuser or on a tissue. This woman then took a deep breath and said, my goodness, I hadn't thought about it like that. So use your common sense. Ask yourself, what would you rather have in your home or around you? And then when you decide that essential oils are definitely something for you to have in your home, please make sure you use them safely and with care. Now, you can check out the notes of this week's podcast, and I will make sure I put all those dilutions in there for you, and I will put in the link to download the beautiful uh, quick reference blending guide so that you know the number of drops to use. Please be mindful. This isn't about um, which oils are better. Just always go for high quality, uh, preferably organic or native oils, beautifully um, resourced oils that you trust and know that the company is really about your health and safety, then that would be something I'd highly recommend. Enjoy using your essential oils. They really are gifts from nature, and they really can be considered one of the most amazing healing modalities when used correctly. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this week's quickie, and if you are an essential oil enthusiast, I'd love nothing more than to hear your favorite methods of use or your favorite oils so that we could share amongst us some of our favorite ways of using these beautiful substances from nature. Thanks so much for tuning into the Self Love Podcast. I sincerely love sharing with you my passion for these beautiful guests 
and the quickies that we do each week, where I hope that I can continue to educate and inspire you to become the greatest advocate for your own health and well-being. Take care, guys, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.